Man, the NBA free agency action has slowed down and now we're left with some questions. The Blazers' Jody Allen leaves Damian Lillard on red and Draymond Green has some thoughts about player empowerment. I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? Man, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? Feeling great, feeling good. How are you? <laughs> Sammy, how you living, my friend? Just basking in that free agency glow, my man. Oh, uh, yeah. And you know, I'm going to kick it off with some free agency questions slash draft questions that we have. Everything is pretty much slowed down. We're seeing a lot of teams kind of settle in on what their final roster is going to look like. But one thing that I'm kind of sitting here wondering is Rudy Gobert gets traded to the Timberwolves. And now Donovan Mitchell is looking around, is by himself at the T-Wolves. And do we think that Donovan Mitchell is also going to be on the move? Or does Utah actually see him as a player to build around for the future? What do you guys think? I've gone back and forth about this. And the reason for that is I specifically remember when Gobert got traded, a tweet came out from Lodge specifically saying the team is looking to retool about Donovan or around Donovan. I thought about it more and more, and I think that was leaked on purpose because they want to create the implication that they're not willing to trade him. But if you look at Danny's history, think about when he got to Boston as the GM. First thing he did was blow up that team and trade Pierce and KG. Uh, excuse not the first thing, but when he wanted to make a big move. He dealt them to Brooklyn for that huge offer and basically built the conversion of the Celtics. So to me, trading Gobert and then leaving Mitchell there, unless they just don't get any good offers, doesn't feel like his style. I think he's looking to get overwhelmed. And I I, I want to say they, they're looking to rebuild this whole thing, but with the right offers in place. So if he can get something similar to what he got for Gobert for Mitchell, I think he's on the move too. I do not think he's on the move. While I respect Sammy's opinion, I vehemently disagree with it. And the reason why is because the Jazz really haven't seen what Donovan Mitchell can do with a a true number two guy. I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, Rudy Gobert is not that guy. He is a great defender. He is obviously a multiple time reigning DPOY, uh, which is somewhat debatable among a lot of people <laughs> and he's just not really a scoring threat so i mean they had joe Ingles, they had some nice pieces but i think you have to give it a shot and i think ainge and and the team and Dwayne wade is he's a part owner i think they know this and i think that they're going to at least try to pair donovan mitchell with another, another true star or at least an all-star and see what they can do i mean the jazz have made it to the playoffs multiple times and Donovan Mitchell has been, if you watched him in that bubble, him and uh, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, thank you. We're going back to back, game for game. And he was just putting up so many points, carrying that team on his back. So I think they're going to have to see what he can do with another true star. I'm going to say that they are looking to trade Donovan Mitchell because if they wanted to keep him, they would have traded Gobert with another superstar. But for them trading for assets like in first round picks, that makes me wonder 
you know, picks are for the future. It's not for the current structure of the team, number one. Number two, like Sammy alluded to, Danny Ainge didn't draft Donovan Mitchell. And if there's one thing that we learn about Danny Ainge, that dude is very cocky. And he wants to keep players that he drafted. Right. So Donovan Mitchell, by being on the team, he's a bonafide superstar. He's probably going to ask for the max. I know he just signed a contract. He's listed as 28 million, but it's kind of dead money at that point. If you're not going to compete in a star-studded West with the Warriors, the Clippers, Nuggets, and I'll say the Lakers for your sake, John. Hey, hey, thank you for that. Hey, Jay, I, <laughs> you know, I, I um, well, my my rebuttal to that is, while I would I would agree with you, mm-hmm. in a sense, it looks like if you're trading for picks, you're you're trying to build for the future and not for the present. Mm-hmm. But I think it may be overlooked that maybe Rudy Gobert doesn't garner that type of return. Maybe the rest of the league sees him the way that we see him, where he's not going to get you back an All Star. And so the next best option is to get a lot of picks, get some decent role players. But I, I think that may be overlooked. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe that, Rudy Gobert is definitely not the type of guy that some people think he is. That's a great take. And we should probably put it out there by trading Gobert, like what you were saying, that Jazz could pick up someone from free agency. I mean, it's Utah, for goodness sake, though. I hope they could host True. parties as well as LA and Miami. <laughs> after 10. Uh, the other part of this, too, I just want to throw this in there, is we're taking this from the angle of the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell's been throwing all kinds of signs up that he doesn't want to be there. We've heard right. the stories that he's got some wandering eyes. I don't think he's going to sign another contract there based on what we've seen. So if that's the case, Maybe they trade him because they try to get out in front. That one, obviously, we haven't heard an outright trade request from him yet. But you have to imagine in a city that most players don't seem to be keen on playing in, like JJ just implied, and on a rebuilding team now, is he going to be long to stay there? I don't, I don't know. That's the other part of this, I think, that's up there. I think Donovan Mitchell is, is upset with his current situation. I think that's, or rather the situation that was with Rudy Gobert, I don't think he saw that as like championship caliber team. So I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from. But like, is Donovan Mitchell really a bona fide superstar? Like, can we really call him that yet? That's where I'm at. Where like, yeah, he averages 25, four and five respectively. But is he really someone that you could build around? And that's where I'm at with the jazz where it's like, do I get ahead of this? Do I sell high per se? Because yes, the guy could score. He could get buckets. And sometimes he looks like, you know, a, sort of like Dwayne Wade, but not. But defensively, uh-huh. he is not that guy. He's definitely not that guy. So that that those are the sort of questions I have coming from the jazz side. Would you guys say that Donovan Mitchell is top 20 in the league? Yeah, I think he's top 20. Based, I mean, I, I would have to look at the list, but on the top of my head, I would say yes. Okay. Okay, just curious. Just curious where he lands. But I'm going to take us to our next question here. Chet Holmgren. We all saw the California Classic where he, de- where he debuted, and it was a record-breaking debut. 
where it was 23 points, seven rebounds, and six blocks. RJ is going to run the highlights here. Do you, do you guys think <laughs> that Chet Holmgren <sighs> is going to be an NBA superstar? Can I start this one off? Please. Yes. Okay. And I'll be short because the only thing I'll say is this from experience. I want to temper people's expectations because obviously this is just the California classic, but I will remind people that a one Kyle Kuzma also lit up summer league. <laughs> so, and, and he's listen, pretty good. He's a decent player, he's a decent but player. he's a decent player, but the numbers that he was putting up in the summer league, he led the, the Lakers to that summer league championship. If you want to call it that. And people were saying that he's the next big thing. So, just temper expectations. I mean, he could be a great player, but this is no indication of anything at this point. I'm going to piggyback on John. Um, as a Warrior fan, I saw Ike Diago score 42 points <laughs> in the Summer League <laughs> game, and they were claiming him to be the next KG for the Warriors. Oh, no. And that was well, for oh, Summer no. League. We're not even in Summer League. We are... Great point. The precursor of Summer League. <laughs> so, calm down, everybody. Chet, I, I like Chet Holmgren's confidence, but I think you gotta humble yourself, big fella. Sammy, what? I mean, big fella, that's kind of, yeah. Well. Our skinny <laughs> fella. Tall fella. Sammy, Sammy, what do you, what do you like from Chet? I like the agility. I like I like that clearly he studied some KD and Dirk Nowitzki tape with that that fall away. That he oh yeah, that one footed fall, fall away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's clearly out of the Dirk playbook. So it seems like he's studying up on his film. There's some special talent there clearly, but like you guys said, this is summer league. It's way too early to tell. And the thing is, the following game, he did go 11 and 11, but then a six seven Kenny Lofton was doing some work on him. Why? Because ball, Kenny man. Lofton weighs 90 pounds more. When you're seven foot, if you're 190, like it's, it ain't going to be good in the, in the regular season. So he's got to put on at least what, 20, 30 pounds at least. Yeah. So I, what I'm curious to see is does he put on that weight, maintain the agility, maintain that, that ability that he has now, which is he's got some ability for a guy that you would think is six, seven inches smaller that could play like a wing player. So can you pair up the size you need to bang at seven feet tall with the talent that makes him special now? That's the part that's up in the air to me. I think it's too early to tell because we've never seen him play at that weight. Chet so needs to hang out with uh, Boris Diaw. He'll uh, get that weight up real quick. <laughs> Not when he's on the Spurs, Charlotte Hornets, Boris Diaw. Yes. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, I, I really like what Chet, like the... Um, the building blocks that Chet already has, it's just the weight, man. He's just mm -hmm. got to get stronger. He's got to get heavier. Anyway, I'm going to go to our next question here. So the Golden State Warriors won the uh, 2022 championship and their off-season transactions, you know, they, they keep Looney. Uh, they sign DiVincenzo, but they lose Gary Payton to Portland. Otto Porter to the Raptors, Bielitsa said i'm out of here i'm gonna go play in turkey and damian lee goes to the suns and i'm sitting here wondering do the warriors are they gonna be able to go back to back championships this year 
really I know what two answers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I know what I know what the answer is for three of the people on this. The other two I'm not so sure. Myself included. But yeah, let's start with the warrior friends. I'm very interested in hearing what you have to say. Objectively, of course. Always. Ooh, so should I start on this then? Yeah, JJ, go Please. for it. Alright. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say that when GP2 did sign with the Trailblazers, I was very sad. Because if you watched every single playoff game that we played, he was guarding their best player. He was going after the 50-50 balls. He was really active. Um, underrated play was against the Grizzlies where he actually tipped the ball and that made the Grizzlies have a side out where we had to do a jump ball and that's a big loss when you have one of the best defenders. You could even argue that at times Steve Kerr preferred GP2 over Jordan Poole and everyone loved Jordan Poole during the playoffs. Um, so that's a huge loss but Bob Myers and Joe Lacob, they're the ones that are paying for the players and they are the ones that are constructing this team. And if I were in their shoes, I would probably think the same, which is you have the core who are taking up a lot of the cap space, Draymond, Clay, and Steph. You're paying them big for a reason, okay? Number two, you have Moody, you have Kaminga, and hopefully you have James Wiseman. Right. So if you are investing in the future, you have to play those players to get playing time. And they're only going to get better if they play in the actual games. So where does that leave me? Yeah, they're, they're still contenders because by, by a logical reason, they have their core. And with any core, you should go far in the postseason, as we've seen with all of the great teams and dynasties. Care to rebuttal, guys? Uh, well, uh, looking at the question here on the outline, it says, how likely is it that the Warriors can go back-to-back? So, I guess from a scale of 1 to 10, I'm interested in, in knowing, Jay, what do you think on that scale? 10 being the most likely that they'll repeat, 1 being the least likely. So, if I'm going to be quite honest, I think we have a high probability to repeat. I know Sammy there is smiling with a huge-ass grin because... <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> playoff no, no. P is going to come, man. John, you so, know what we like about Playoff P, right? John Wall, dude, John Wall is going to reach <laughs> yeah. back, turn the hands of time, Dr. Strange style, dude. Going to hit that three and teach you how to duck. John Wall is a taller Russell Westbrook, but a little <laughs> bit better. Oh, stop. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. finish so your thought. Yeah, Jay, what, on a scale of one to ten, what, what was your number be? I would say eight. Eight? Okay. Yeah. All right, let's hear it from the other Warrior fan. Bro. 11. Uh, I'm, I'm more conservative than that. I'm, I'm going to go seven and a half. <laughs> wow, such a, such a you... huge difference from JJ there. <laughs> what do you think, John? Man, wow. They, I think they have a good chance, but I, like I said earlier, off, off the record, that... It's so hard to repeat in this sport. Yes. In any sport, it's actually. Mm -hmm. It's true. extremely difficult for mm -hmm. a number of reasons. Obviously, you don't have the same team, which the Warriors are not going to have, that they get the least amount of rest, the least, the least amount of breaks, and the core is getting older. So 
can they do it? Of course they can. I mean, they have a great team. They have a great coach. They have great ownership, like JJ said. But they did lose some players that were key in winning this title. And Gary Payton Jr. reminds me of uh, Caruso, which also made me cry yes. in the offseason. It's, it's very similar. Great analogy. They're, they're very similar type of players. But Caruso, I think, was offered a little bit more. But that's that's irrelevant. I mean, they're, they're very, they were key to the championship teams that, um, you know, that championship years. So if I had to pick a number, I'd probably say seven. Solid seven. Okay. I'll take so, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a different angle on this. Um, in terms of losing players, I'm, I'm generally consensus with all of you. I think Peyton's going to hurt. I actually think Kaminga is going to take a big jump next year and help cover on defense and cover for the loss of Porter. I'm very high on him. I think he's going to have a great year in that way. Uh, in the same way, Moody will cover up some spots. And Wiseman's such a wild card at this point. I don't want to, he's definitely not a lost player by any means. It's just, we literally have no idea what to expect because we have not seen him play yet when games matter. So it's very possible he comes out full off season, basically healthy because he was almost on the cusp of being back. Trains with this version of the Warriors and not, you know, the, the Band-Aid version that he played with when he was healthy. And he could be a great player too. My thing is, and this is good overall, is that the NBA is as good as it's been, as far as I'm concerned, in decades in terms of talent from yeah, other teams. You could go through the standings right now, and I think you could realistically argue that anywhere between 12 to 15 teams have a shot to win the title next year, depending on how things fall. Yeah. Very so that being said, I'm putting it at a five, and I'm only putting it at that number just because I think there's a lot of other talent around the league. Not just the Clippers, thank you very much, but they're there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, what would have happened last year in the East specifically if, if Chris Middleton was healthy, for example? You know, we have yeah. just, there's so many what ifs each year and just kind of going along with what John said, it's so hard to repeat and the league has so, so much talent now that that's why I'm a little bit decreased on it. So that, that's where I'm standing with it. A All five. Right. The five. disrespect here. I would have been a five for anyone <laughs> except for the... You, you, had to, you had to rate this question at least a six to uh, make it I... on the pod, so... All right, it was good to be here, guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for the I don't... Uh, I don't... I, I'm not one to instigate. That's JJ's job, but I... I like, that was a golden opportunity. I, I mean, a five. Come on, man. That's just crazy. <laughs> I, the five is still saying they have a 50% chance. Yeah. That's it's fair. pretty good. It's so, pretty yeah, good. The, yeah, it's not, it's nice not less spin. than five. That's a great spin move right there, Sammy. But I'm going to you know, take us to the next. my dream shake. <laughs> I'm going to take us to the next question here. It's about DeAndre Ayton and the Suns, and you know, after all this news that like teams like the Portland Trail Blazers were going to offer um, DeAndre Ayton to compete against this like restricted um, free agent that he is, and possibly going to Atlanta, possibly going to Detroit, Toronto, wherever. We find ourselves waiting for this Kevin Durant news and DeAndre Ayton is pretty much on hold. And we have no idea where this guy is going to go. So where do you guys think DeAndre Ayton is going to land? I had this narrow to two spots pretty much from prior to the KD rumors. And I'm going to stick to it. I still think he ends up as a pacer. Oh. In a some sort of sign and trade for Miles Turner. Miles Turner? Okay. And that will be an indicator that Katie to the Suns is not happening. That that's the the hill I'm likely gonna die on because I'll be dead wrong and 
by the time this comes out, Katie will be a son. But that's that's what I'm going with. I, th I think he ends up in Indiana on a sign and trade, and Turner goes the other way. I'll say the the Pistons, just because there's a lot of smoke. He would fit well with that young team, and they have the cap space. John, what do you think? Wow, I. That's that's a great one. I, I don't know, honestly. I think uh, every time I think of a team or I try to think of a trade proposal or a scenario, it always leads me back to the Nets. I think the Nets, the Suns can offer the Nets the best package, and I think they're going to give in. I think the Suns, mm. Chris Paul is what? Got to be close to 40 at this point, right? 37. And right. 37. Devin Booker, and it's clear that they couldn't do it with that team, even though they, they, they had the best record in the regular season. So I, I'm i going to say the Nets. And I know that it, it's kind of like the big rumor, but I think they're going to get that deal done. I think the Suns are going to give up a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I honestly do think it's the Nets too, because it's it literally makes complete sense for those two teams to trade for, you know, each other but anyway we're gonna take a short little break with us with a word from our sponsor the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before plus right now DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000 that's right make your first bet up to $1,000 and if it doesn't win you'll get another shot to cash in Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's wow. promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. We're going to take a little bit of a different twist now and go through some winners and losers or losers of free agency. By a specific podcaster's request, we will be starting with the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> uh, some notable moves that they made oh god not they, me uh, they uh <laughs> they went the opposite of last summer and rather than signing players from the aarp oh. they uh they signed some very Shots very fired. young players this year they signed among their players troy brown uh nba champion juan toscano anderson lonnie walker thomas bryant and scotty pippen jr Big loss being Malik Monk, who went a little further north and ended up in Sacramento on a two-year, $19 million deal. So, are they a winner or loser of free agency? John, let's start with you. Okay. Objectively, I am going to say very cautiously that this is a win. And the only reason I say that, slightly win, a slight win, I'll say it, we'll leave it at that. Because the Lakers got, like you said, much younger and if anybody hadn't noticed that wasn't hard though it wasn't hard no <laughs> and if exactly and that's where i was going with the next point is that if had anybody noticed that the lakers started lining up and part of their starting lineup and bench those free agents haven't been signed from last year carmelo anthony dwight howard wayne ellington uh, I think DeAndre Jordan got signed inexplicably. I have no idea why, but he did. <laughs> and those are guys that, like Sammy said, AARP style. Old age, retirement, home status, like soon. And so regardless of the, the names on this roster, like Troy Brown Jr., 
Juan Toscana Anderson. Like a lot of guys that are role players that have a lot to prove. That didn't, a lot of them didn't get a lot of playing time. Lonnie Walker obviously played a lot with the Spurs. Thomas Bryant played a lot with the Wizards. Scottie Pippen Jr., I feel like they only got him because Gary Payton Jr. did well, and they're hoping they have the same success with this guy. <laughs> um, just genetically. Yeah. So based on the fact that they just got younger, they can run more, they're not going to be get tired by the fourth quarter, and they could play defense because that's what it requires, right? You re- it requires effort and energy. And I think that ultimately by itself is a win. Malik Monk is obviously a big loss offensively, but I think with Darvin Ham and the, the, the roster, they're focusing on defense now. So the last piece to me is Kyrie. Oh but man. I digress. <laughs> Guys, any other yes. thoughts here? Any other thoughts? No, they're just missing I mean, outside shooting. You guys yeah. need outside shooting. Well, which is John led deal. me into one other thought, actually, and I'll, I'll throw this out there to whoever wants to answer it. So Kyrie is obviously the X factor here. Does that get done? One. Yes. And then in conjunction with that, what do you think the cost is? And does it work out for the Lakers? Let GM gets always gets what he wants, Sammy. It's what, true. It's, it's getting done. Like, I, <laughs> I'm a Warrior fan, and I... I don't want to see this happen, but I know that Kyrie is going to somehow force his way over there, especially since LeBron wants it. I mean, when, when hasn't LeBron gotten what he wanted, right? And as far as like winner or loser, for me right now, they're, they're a loser of free agency because I'm looking at these names. None of these names that they got are even proven commodities. Like they're not, they, they have high upside, and we've seen some highlights of them. But Malik Monk, the only guy that was like an actually like good fit for the roster, that's the guy they lose. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I'm leaning towards losing. You need to put some respect on the Golden State Warrior champion, Juan Toscano Anderson, <laughs> representing Mexico. How dare you? Go, John. How Dunko. dare you? The dunk contender. Sully his like name. It, he's a former, he's a, he's not, dude, it's been two months and you guys, he's a, he's a champion, Warrior champion. Put respect on his name. Nice. Well, I'll just call my shot here. I think the trade does get done, but the Lakers have exactly two assets left. They're 27 and 29 first round picks. I think they go in there and in 2026, we all look at this and laugh really hard. Uh, All right, (laughs) we're gonna move on to to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the big move, of course, with them, they traded for Rudy Gobert, traded among other players, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, three other players, Three unprotected first round picks, one top five protected pick, and a pick swap to bring in Rudy. Also signed Kyle Anderson away from the Grizzlies. So, JJ, I'll start with you on this one. Given the cost of everything and where they see themselves, are they a winner or loser? (laughs) Oh man, it is yet to be seen if they are winners, but just from what I've witnessed, experienced, and studied about NBA history, I don't like it, man. I think that when you give up that many draft assets, it could bite you in the behind later on. And Rudy Gobert, he, and we said this multiple times, when you have your defensive player of the year being taken out of the game in important moments of the playoffs, that's not a good sign. And the fact that the Timberwolves have, they've had a bad history of 
trades does not make me feel comfortable that they gave up how many, what, four first rounders unprotected. Mm-hmm. The Nets did that with the KG and Paul Pierce era for those that forgot, and they suffered for multiple years. The Timberwolves, just for a few years ago, and June could back me up on this, they gave up Wiggins and a first rounder for D'Lo, guys. <laughs> Wiggins, the starter of the All-Star game. You could argue that. But they gave up that first rounder that ended up being Kaminga, where Sammy just said he he has potential to become great this year. So Timberwolves, sorry. I'm going to say an L, but I'm excited to see what Gobert does in the postseason against teams like the Grizzlies. You're not excited. Stop lying. And that's a big fat L for sure. That's a big fat L. Rolling Man, I, off of that. Oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I'll, I just want to see it. I want to see how Kat and Rudy Gobert get along. And if I'm really worried about whether or not it's going to work, who really plays small ball the best anyway? It's really like maybe four or five teams. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most teams can't play small ball really well like the Golden State Warriors. So if we're like just matching them against the championship team here, yeah, they're going to lose. But for the most part, I think having a stout team, especially with your bigs, is actually kind of important. I don't know if it's like five draft picks important, but it's important. So I, I think it's, it's kind of a sneaky move if it works out. If they could figure some way to unlock Rudy Gobert and maybe throw him the ball and see what he could do with it. I think that's a big part of it too. Maybe see what he could do, what Donovan Mitchell only passed to him a total of how many times? Four. Like four times? That's four like times a game. ridiculous. That's a ridiculous stat. Anyway, go ahead, yes. Sammy. I thought it was four times for the season, but who lost count. Uh, <laughs> I got to go with JJ on this. I, I think I think this is a loss just because I think that draft capital is going to blow up on them personally. But let's get into this season with them. This team won 46 games last year. Pushed Memphis. Arguably could have won that series. Yeah. Yeah. What is this team's ceiling now? Because they went all in. Where do you, What's the best you see this team doing this year? I'll throw it to any of you who uh, want to kick an answer back on that. I'm going second, second round. round. Yep. Second, second round. round. Okay. Stick around. Okay. So I would agree with that. And that's why, to me, the cost was so prohibitive on this. I will say, as a little gambling nugget for those of you interested, Anthony Edwards <laughs> at plus 1200 for most improved player is just tantalizing right now. I may take some Mario coins onto DraftKings. Just going to throw that out there. But in the meantime, we're going to move on. All right. Everyone's favorite uh, doormat, the New York Knicks. <laughs> oh, dang. Back oh, dang. in... Uh, dang. <laughs> no disrespect, men, men, New York Knicks fans, but I'm just following Stephen A on this one. So, back in what felt like April, they started making moves for Jalen Brunson and then signed him four years, 104. Yeah. Uh, they are Tampering. Tampering, and they are about to get penalized second-round <laughs> picks for doing that. Another signing not talked about as much. They signed Isaiah Hartenstein away from my Clippers. Two years, $16 million. Actually, a very underrated signing. Those are their two main moves. There's rumors that they might still be interested in other players in the market. Nothing's done yet. June, winner or loser? Uh, I'm going to go winner. And it, it's not that hard to say that they're winning because they're going to be better than next year. 
I think. I, that's such an obvious statement. It's ridiculous. Jalen Brunson is a good NBA player. We just, he's kind of unproven, but I like what I saw, especially in important moments in the playoffs. And that those are really important minutes, probably more important than any minutes in the, in the regular season. So I like that signing. I don't know if it's worth that contract, but I do like that player. Isaiah Hardenstein, I think is super sneaky. That's a sneaky one because Brunson needs a pick and roll partner. I think he could do that and is a decent shooter and can rim protect. So, I mean, there's not a lot of bad things I could say about them. Um, but yeah, that's where I stand at right now. Any other thoughts, John or Jay? Yeah. On, on, you know, I initially thought this was a loss just because Jalen Brunson's contract was, what, 25 mil a year, four mm-hmm. years for 104. Yeah. But then I look at other guys around the league that get paid a lot too. I mean, Duncan Robinson, which was a bad contract, got five years for 90 million and he just shoots the ball well. He doesn't do anything else particularly well. At least Jalen Brunson can kind of run the offense. He can facilitate, he can score. He's he's actually a big point guard. He can score in the paint as well. So he does a lot more. So if you're actually relatively speaking, comparing it to other players, he's probably worth the amount that he's getting paid given the, the landscape of, of what people are getting paid, you know, in this day and age. So I would say it's a W. I'm going to say it's a loss because it's the Knicks. <laughs> when you when you are New York, you are considered the greatest city in America. Free agency comes easy for you. And for Jalen Brunson, who is good, I'm not going to say he's superstar good, 25 million? I don't know if that's a just a justified cost. Number one. And number two, I'm gonna revert to my my ideology with the Knicks, which is they are known to pay mid-level players with high contracts. And they have been haunted by this for the last 25 years. Okay, that's players, but hey, let's just pay them and then let's it give them bites the them in the butt. Hey, Tyson Chandler, we'll give you, we'll hook you up with money. J.R. Smith, <laughs> hook you up with money. Mellow, during yeah. the end of his prime, hook you up yeah. with money. Shumpert. Tell me when there's been a success story with the Knicks with OK players, other than Carmelo. Let Dang. me know. I can't battle that one. Shout out contracts to Eddie Curry and Steve Francis as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, Eddie Curry, man. That's a, that's a good one. I good remember. player at his peak, never like, worth what he got paid. I like how Eddie we started Curry. all complimentary with me and with me and John, and then all of a sudden it got real depressing real fast. It got fast. real, <laughs> real okay, dark, real, real fast. It got real bleak. For any Knicks fans who are, are, are listening, I want to bring it back to an uplifting question then to, to wrap up our conversation on the Knicks. If this team gets back to the playoffs... Who's the best player on that team next year? Uh, Julius Randle. Okay. I'm going to hope that it's RJ Barrett. I'm with you on that. I, that's who I was thinking too. I second that. RJ Barrett? Yes. So there is a version of this team that actually plays really well together and jumps back into the playoff picture. And there's another version where I think Julius Randle is not on the team by the All-Star break. If they start off bad, I think he's the scapegoat. Yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna scapegoat Brunson because they just signed him. He's the he's That the would be an the obvious offseason win if they could move Julius Randle. Yes. I do th- I, I do think the Knicks are gonna outperform and exceed expectations this year. And Ooh. I think the reason why is because Julius Randle 
was handling the ball way entirely way too much and he's not that type of player great point and i think with jalen brunson you're going to see a lot of off the ball movement with julius randall and i think it's going to do wonders for his game because he's not someone he can handle the ball for a big but he shouldn't be doing that and i think you're going to see that this year he always goes right right yes Yes. he always goes right yes Yes, he always goes right just just to throw out if the Knicks are successful this year, completely probably off the grid because they were trying to trade him. I think Fournier will look a lot better this year with Brunson as the point guard than with Julius Randle being the primary ball handler. So I'll, I'll kind Absolutely. of go along with you on that as well. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. So to move on to one other team that I don't think got talked about enough. I just want to throw some respect out there for them. I thought the Denver Nuggets had a really solid offseason so far that really isn't getting discussed because they didn't do anything flashy. Uh, the biggest thing they did was extend Jokic, which was an automatic. He will be making $50 million a year, give or take, but I still think he's underrated. I don't care that he won the back-to-back MVP. That just The con, the talent that guy has is just so unique, and I think it's going to age well because it's not predicated on his athleticism. But the other moves they made, primarily two, two big moves. They made a trade. Uh, will Barton and one other player went out. KCP and Ish Smith came in. And then in addition to that, my favorite signing of the offseason – Bruce Brown, from who was arguably the third best player in the Nets last year, got two years for $13 million. I thought that was a great contract. And what I like with both KCP and Bruce Brown, Denver's weakness for a long time has been wing defense. And even if Porter's healthy, he's not the best defensive player. I think bringing those two in, really good insurance for Michael Porter, two guys that can kind of fill his spot. They're obviously different kinds of players. But if Porter is also healthy too, you suddenly have a lot of wing options to throw and at, at against the West where you've got, you know, LeBron, Kawhi, PG, Curry, who you can use a wing to guard, Clay, so many different players, anywhere from about 6'3 to 6'8. Having as many wing defenders as possible is going to be so valuable. So if this team comes back healthy, I really like them as a dark horse out West. The only thing is, and Nostalgia from the Clipper days when he was there. Why in the world did they sign DeAndre Jordan? I just don't understand that one. <laughs> DeAndre, no disrespect, man, but the plus minus has been just yeah. awful ever since he went to Brooklyn. He doesn't fit on that team. I did not understand that one. I would be shocked if he's on the team past the buyout market. So it's it's like it's like that. his agent is just showing teams all Clipper highlights from Lob City, and they're just. Yeah. They're like mesmerized by the highlights. From 2012, like, maybe, maybe he can, maybe he can revert back to that those years, yeah. a decade ago. For anyone with this memory, they're probably showing them highlights of the Detroit game where I, I believe Brevin Knight ended up going straight from Detroit into the announcing booth in Memphis. Oh yeah, that because uh, Brandon, just, Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight, sorry, Brandon, Brandon Knight. Knight. Yeah, Brevin yeah, Knight yeah. is doing a fine job. Brandon Knight is the one. Brevin Knight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that if Brevin I, Knight know, was a fine man. It would have been a twenty-year career. So my mistake. Um, the one thing about the Nuggets is, yeah, man, we've been saying this year after year after year. They are true. contenders if they're healthy. Right. That is literally the only roadblock. In my eyes, they have the personnel, they have the coach, they have the team to actually be contenders to win the championship. But yeah. Jamal Murray and Kevin Porter Jr., those, they're, they're huge question marks. Jamal Murray hasn't played in, what, almost two years? No, but uh, oh, he, he got hurt in April, like right before the playoffs, if I remember okay. correctly. Yeah. So it'll be like a year and a half by the time he's probably going yeah, yeah, on the court. But the sneaky oh, quickly. Things... Go ahead, go ahead, Jay. No, June, I was just going to say, I'll quickly counter that by saying they're 
they're not a good defensive team, and the top defensive teams always make it far. So, which is in part why I like the wing signings. I do think they'll be better defensively, but I do agree with you there. The defense has to be there. Yeah, and the, but... the signings, the the reason why I like them is because I still think even without Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr., they still have like a playoff caliber team. Like this gives you some leeway to get both of those dudes healthy and just get them healthy for the playoffs and hopefully they'll be ready by then. So right. I'm, I'm a W, I'm, I'm a win for uh, the, the Nuggets here. The last thing I'll throw out there with those contracts too that I like that we don't talk about enough. When you have contracts of that number, they're easy to cobble together and trade for a big disgruntled star. So you can put together KCP, Bruce Brown, one or two other players and do that. So just flexibility and filling needs. So that's why I wanted to acknowledge that. But I'm going to take us to the next topic now. So the next topic is uh, one of our favorites. And as JJ's once said, his spirit animal, Draymond Green, on his <laughs> podcast, <laughs> said, and I'm quoting, and I'll just I'll shorten this up a little bit. He said, if Kevin Durant says, I actually don't want to be here anymore, I want to go somewhere else. Why does it matter? Why does it make you weep? Why does it mean that he's running from something? I don't understand that. Why is it not? That's just the next step in his career. Because again, if someone leaves Google to go to Apple after three or four years, if you leave Apple to go to Tesla after two, and they leave Tesla after four to go to DocuSign, no one's going to say they ran. And he goes on to say that athletes aren't viewed that way, and it's viewed that they're not stepping up and taking a challenge. Why are athletes viewed that way? So we'll start by saying, just in general, what do you guys think of the commentary from Draymond here in regards to defending Kevin Durant? Uh, I'm just impressed that he brought up the brought up DocuSign. Yeah, is that, is that the Nets? Is that the Brooklyn Nets? Is that, Brooke, is that, the is that DocuSign? Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is, that the, uh, is that their sponsor? Yeah, I That's know, right? super random. I mean, Doc, my first, my initial thought about this. All these companies too, man. My initial thought about this is that is Draymond posturing here? Is he trying to convince oh. KD to once again rejoin the Warriors and, and, and say, you know what? Just come back, man. We'll welcome you with open arms. I know I'm the reason in terms of Draymond. I'm the reason why you left, but hey, let's run it back. The part that I have a problem with is like... If you put in like fandom, like if you insert fandom in this, like no one's the fan of the VP of Tesla that so happens to go to Apple later, then goes to, right. you know what I mean? There's no loyalty when it comes to this analogy. You know what I mean? There's absolutely none. JJ, go ahead, man. No, like there's no loyalty and the, the basics of any business is you have to abide by the contract. And if you like look into, oh. I think it's Scarface or Godfather, where the quote is, a man that does not keep his word is not a man. And Katie, I know people get on you, but you just signed last year for five years, max contract. You got whatever you wanted, man. You got a coach fired. You got the surrounding players like DeAndre Jordan. You got Kyrie. <laughs> And then on top of that, you traded all your bench for Harden. What else do you want? Are you looking for happiness? Are you looking for rings? And this is my point. So I'm going to go on a little spiel here, but... And I'm going to ask you guys a, a follow-up question, which is... 
emotion versus logic and this is the number one question that as humans we cover back when lebron made his decision he said i could go to chicago play with d rose noah and boozer logically that was the better fit but emotionally where did he choose to oh, play with friend. his best friends right which i would maybe i would have done right kd after playing with okc logically said i'm gonna play with the most selfless player in steph i'm gonna play with the defensive player of the year in draymond and i'm gonna play with the man that scored over 30 points in a quarter with clay and arguably the two the best two-way player okay but we saw that he got emotionally invested in the media after winning the first chip became unhappy then he went to emotion and went to play with his best friend <laughs> so i'm gonna ask you four here i'll play mini host right we always have emotion versus logic emotion makes us happy logic makes us rich you could coincide the ideologies together and hopefully you could find a balance and john you've witnessed where emotion ruined the lakers with kobe and shaq right but emotion could also get kobe to stay sign that long-term contract and win so do you guys think kd will go with the emotion route or the logic route and force a trade and which team is that so oh, man i feel like this is a trick question I mean, it's an uh, open uh, question, well, right? The reason why I say that is because we're talking about Kevin Durant, right? Like, he's yeah. clearly going to go the emotional route. 100%. Yep. That's just who he is. He's a very <laughs> emotional person. So, I, you know, I don't think he'll sign off on a Warriors trade. I don't think he wants to go there. I don't think he wants Ooh. to revisit that. But I, I think that, I mean, obviously he won't have a choice if he gets traded there, right? He does not, he can't do anything about that. But I think that he, if he had a say, he wouldn't want to go back there. I think there, like you said, there are, well, one, he's a very emotional person. And two, I think that's going to drive his decision making. And I don't think he wants to relive what he went through in Golden State. For, for him, I think it was a lot emotionally. Exactly. Sensitive. So <laughs> that's my thought on that. But what with what Draymond is saying, like the core question is, is this wrong? Should we view KD the way that we probably do view KD right now that way? Uh, so uh, let me just touch up on this real quick uh, to answer your question. I, I do. Th I don't know if I necessarily agree with Draymond about him, like making a comparison to people at, at companies, right? Regular people like you and I. Or, mm -hmm. or the four of us, five of us here, that you actually do see that in, in a sense that when people leave companies or important people leave companies, there is a little bit of sadness and people are upset within the company because that person needs to be replaced. A lot of the work that's going to be done needs to be kind of put on other people's shoulders. The difference is, is that they can be replaced a lot easier than a six foot 11 forward who can put the ball in the basket with his eyes closed who's like one of the right. best players of all time so it's a little it's slightly different but in a sense that Draymond's not right in the sense that people still get upset when people leave companies important people that do a lot of work that do a lot for the company so I don't necessarily agree with that and like do I agree with the way that we should look at Kevin Durant I think he has a point 
right? I think that like he has his own decisions. We get upset though because like I said, he's not it's hard to replace someone like that. And we watch a sport, we're all invested into it. So it's a little different. And he makes a ton of money, so well, so the thing for me on this is that I think part of the way we look at him the way we do based on, you know, media persona, public persona is also because it's he does make it so obvious how much he cares about people's opinions. Cause if you were to compare him to LeBron, LeBron bounced around too. He didn't ask for trades, but he moved multiple times. But I don't think he's looked at the same way because he doesn't come off in the way that he's really worried about what people are thinking outside of the first year or two in Miami where he admitted later that he didn't like being the villain. With KD, he just he makes it clear that this stuff bothers him. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays into all this. This is just the, the extreme of it where he just signed the four-year like you talked about, and then he asked for a trade right away. So I definitely think that has a part in this too. And I don't know, I don't think he's ever gonna shake it. The problem now is that on the emotional versus logical aspect that you talked about, the rumors that are coming out is that he won't go to certain teams unless they keep the bulk of their all-stars. Like he supposedly won't go to Toronto unless they still have, I think it was Van Fleet and Siakam. He won't go to Miami unless they still have Butler and Bam. It's like, okay, what are you expecting these teams to trade to get you? (laughs) So, like, you know, that's where I get stuck on this. So it's almost like he's trying to build it in a way where he can win titles for himself. So that maybe yeah. he's being logical, but the the logic that he has is very flawed. That's that's what yeah. I'm seeing on this. And like with Draymond <laughs> Green, like I, I see where he's going with this. You know what I mean? Like player empowerment, they should be able to choose where they go because they're a business, et cetera, et cetera. But if we're talking about basketball, okay, this is a children's sport. One of the most pure children's sport known to man, right? There's a lot of emotions. You get friends, et cetera. There's fans. All of that. In the perfect basketball world, your superstar that you drafted would stay where they're supposed to be until they until they pretty much exhausted every single effort in order to win a championship. Maybe in the twilight of your years, you go off and you go be a journeyman to get yourself a chip. Kind of like, I would say, if Damian Lillard left the Portland Trailblazers, I feel like Trailblazer fans would be like, you know, I kind of get it, but Kevin Durant, he could still win a championship now. I think that's why they're upset. So. He's not taking blame. He's not taking responsibility. Yeah, that's true too. too. All right, so rolling off of that then, with all that's gone on with KD, how likely do any of you find it that either he or Kyrie or both are not traded and, and the Nets basically run it back? Do you see that any possibility of that this year? Asking price is too high. Asking price is too high. I think they're going to play together this year if that price doesn't come down. The Nets management, they're acting off emotion, which maybe not be best for business decisions, but they don't want players that want to be there, man. Well, Can't blame them, though. Okay. <laughs> I'll say this. Can I see Kyrie and KD being with the Nets at the beginning of the season? Yes, I can, actually. But I would be absolutely shocked if at least one of them isn't traded by the deadline. I would be absolutely shocked, especially name, Kyrie. Name Kyrie. Because, yeah. because, because he's 
He's he's the end of his contract this year at this year, and so you risk losing him for nothing. At least if you trade him, you can get Russell some pieces. Great point. Well, he's also expiring contract, right? No, but you can maybe sure. get a pick out of the Lakers or like a young prospect. So, if he's still on the team after the trade deadline, that's just horrible management. I I'm in something of agreement. I I think June specifically. I think you're right. I don't think KD's going to get traded unless either the Nets ask comes down, which I don't think it's going to, or someone just makes an insane offer and. It's hard to say that one player's price sets the market for another, but how do the Nets not look at what was traded for Gobert and say, well, if Gobert got this, then KD should get double that. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that's going to play into this. So, But you're not going to get Cat and Ant. And like, yeah, that's, no, that, that ask was that's, um, it's, ridiculous. No, it's not, um, not happening. I mean, it is the Minnesota Timberwolves, so maybe maybe they'll <laughs> consider it at least, True. at the very least. Yeah, so I definitely think KD's, at minimum, KD will be in camp with them, but I do think he starts the year there and if he starts the year the interesting thing that no one's talking about yet is if you trade for him with the exception of what maybe the Warriors and one or two other teams he's the best player on the team so how do you trade for a player like that mid-season and then completely redo essentially the structure of your squad so that's the other thing that I'm very interested to see play out on this agreed so so I'm going to take it from there to our uh, our last topic of the day. So we're talking now about Jody Allen and the Blazers. A report came out in the New York Post uh, in regards to Jody Allen's management of the team. Specifically, Phil Knight, the owner of Nike, put in a bid to buy the Blazers for $2 billion. And Jody Allen was defiant and refused to even basically take the call. She passed it off. There's also been reports of intimidation and things like that. Damian Lillard has requested to speak with her in person, given her a phone call, shot her an email. She doesn't check her Gmail, apparently, will not get back to him. And so it seems like there's trouble brewing with ownership. How does this end for Portland? What happens this year and going forward? Has Dame tried paging Jody Allen? Because maybe she still uses that, <laughs> that form of... Uh, communication. He got the text lettering wrong and, and got her mad. Okay, just checking. Yeah. This this doesn't look good for Jody whatsoever. No. Did you guys see like read on that report that like her security guards like she bought them like speedos or something like that and uh-huh. wanted like a fashion Ooh. show? I did not hear that. that. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Very stern. <laughs> Donald Sterling. That is crazy. That is, uh, yo, I got. I'm looking Donald at Sterling. I'm definitely looking that up after this episode for sure. <laughs> as far as what happens with the Blazers, man, I don't know. Like Damian Lillard, I bet you he wants a meeting with Jody, Jody Allen, right? Because he sees how much like the Warriors are spending. He probably is hoping that management wants to spend more money in order to help him. Right? Because they are famously, they famously try to avoid the tax, the luxury tax. And Jody Allen's just like, wait, what? You want more money? Uh, I'm going to put you on red. Oh. I'm going to silence this. I'm going <laughs> to block deserve. this number. New number, who dis? Like, all the <laughs> all the excuses. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, I'm, I'm going to have to come in here because I don't believe you love story. Dame. No, you well, love Dame. I do love Dame. But <laughs> check this out, fellas. And I might just go into a conspiracy theory mode here, but... The person that leaked this information was Larry Miller, who used to be the GM of the Blazers, who used to work for Nike. 
And after he got fired oh. from the Blazers, guess who he works for again? Team Jordan, who Phil Knight owns. And guess who put the bid for the Blazers? Phil, Phil Knight. Knight. So, like Phil Knight, he's been in the controversial news top news because he's done some quote unquote shady stuff. I wouldn't be surprised that he's kind of pressing the issue for her to sell to him because after he put in the bid for two billion for the Blazers, she quote unquote rejected it and the story came out right after. Interesting. Somehow this is going to end up with Damian Man. Lillard ending up in Charlotte with Michael Jordan and jumping yeah. here. And, uh. and also, come on guys, check out the story. Damian Lillard sending an email. What is this? You got reps, homie. You, you have your True. reps set up a meeting. This is 2022 where you have your people, call their people, and you set it up. Are you guys telling me that Damien's going to use his Gmail account and be like, Dear Jody, wait, 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 hold on. To whom it may concern. No, 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 I ain't buying that. Yo, maybe he's rapping in the Maybe he's rapping in the email. regards? No, respectfully. No, no, no. Yeah, respectfully. JJ calling out the New York Post. What's up? Yeah, uh, yeah there it is, my bro. Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I'm... I'm in a mix on both thoughts. Honestly, JJ, I didn't think of the way you presented it before, but it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting that I noticed is if all this is true, and I know Portland, like you said, June, has not wanted to go on the tax in the past. I'll give them credit. This offseason, it seems like they're trying to build around him. I mean, they re-signed yeah. Nurkic, however you feel about that. They re-signed <laughs> Anthony Simons. They traded for Jeremy Grant. And apparently they're offering Dame a two-year extension for 100 mil. So right. how do you offer him an extension at the same time don't want to talk to him? It's it's a very weird dynamic. Yeah. So I don't quite know what to make of it. At the same time, some of the allegations in there, particularly that fashion show one, are so specific that it's like if someone made that up. <laughs> very interesting mind to come up with that kind of story. You can't, you can't wear a Speedo in Portland weather. Like, come on, Jody. You know it's cold. Yeah. yeah Rose, Ro lived in Portland. He knows. Yeah. Ro, Ro, had to throw his, Ro had to throw his Speedos away. Yeah, he threw them all away. Oh, come on. Come on now. Come and on, we crossed the line. Just, wait, 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 wait. We're talking about before, Jody here. We're not talking about you me. We're talking about episode, Jody, okay? Before you end the episode, Sammy, I will say this about the Blazers. Maybe it's just me, but I would love to see KD traded to the Blazers. I don't think it'll happen, but I think Dame and KD would be so nasty. Yeah, that would be from a fire. basketball standpoint. And you know what? That's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, if we don't catch the next pod, we're going to be out in Vegas next week for Summer League. Yeah. Come say what's up with to us, all right? Clinic on NBA. Uh, yeah, John, thanks for being on, man. Yo, thank you. We'll be in Vegas. We'll all be rocking some shirts. Bro may be wearing a Speedo, but we don't know. I mean, <laughs> Sammy. Thanks for being on, man. At 113 degrees on Tuesday, maybe the clinic All-NBA Speedo is the way to go. If any of you are in Vegas, we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, everybody.
And shout out to everyone that's watching us on Twitch right now. Shout out to our video producer, RJ, who's putting us on. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All MBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Clinic All MBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All MBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.